I'm Chuck Smeaton from the Royal Institution of Australia, and this is the Cosmos Briefing Podcast. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the Kaurna people, traditional owners of the land where I speak to you from today, and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This is the start of a new weekly series where journalists from the Cosmos Newsroom bring you their highlights from the week in science. Today, we are joined by Ellen Fidian, Amalia Hart and Jamie Priest to talk hippos, little green men and long COVID, amongst other things. Amalia, the first thing I want to know about is, did we spot aliens this week? Unfortunately, no. I was very sad about that. I got quite excited about the announcement, but oh, we well, we'll did move do... on now. That was all I wanted to know. <laughs> what we did do this week is we did uncover an entirely new class of object potentially. So these Aussie researchers that were scanning the sky for radio waves and they found this object that releases these bursts of radiation roughly 3 times an hour, about every 18.8 minutes or thereabouts which is really unusual. So it's a type of radio transient and that isn't unheard of. These are objects that produce bursts of radiation either on a very very slow time scale like a supernova where it you know it releases it over the course of maybe a few days and then disappears or fast transients like pulsars which literally go on off on off on off sort of every second or even millisecond. But this thing turns on, you know, for a minute and then off at 18 which is just incredibly weird and they don't really know exactly what it is they have a few potential ideas but essentially it it's this new thing in the universe which is always exciting so if if they know a little bit about it but they don't know what it is how are they ruling out aliens why is say, how are they certain it's not little green men oh i that really sounds like like a pomodoro timer or something to me you know like <laughs> So apparently because the radio, the radio waves are across a very broad spectrum that rules out a artificial source. I don't fully understand how that is, but uh, but apparently that's the case. So I'll trust the scientists, but I'm a bit bummed out about it and I'm still kind of holding out hope that it's aliens. I'm holding out hope that it's aliens just trying to change the channel, flicking through yeah. frequencies. Is it like spectrum? Is it happening like regularly every 18 point something minutes or is it like roughly every 18 minutes? It's, it's, it's regular, but it's only, so it's not constant. It happened for about three months and they're looking now. So it stopped happening and they're now looking at it and monitoring it because they want it to happen again. And then they can, can learn even more. So all the eyes in the sky will be turned towards that region in case it switches back on. Very odd indeed. Mm, Very mysterious. Well, moving back to, sorry, go on. I was going to say one of the other big stories that came out this week was one of yours, Ellen, on long COVID. Yes. Mystery to us all. Yes, yes. Um, And a much more pertinent mystery, I would say. Um, Other, You know, mysterious objects in the sky are extremely cool and a lot less sort of disappointing to read about than long COVID, I guess is maybe the word. Um, Yeah, I had a look at whether or not um, we know that much more about long COVID. Um, if we've got a sort of clearer idea of what causes it, um, how likely Omicron is to cause long COVID, um, and whether or not vaccines work against it, because um, 
We see obviously all the immediate effects of COVID infections, the number of people in hospital, the number of deaths getting reported every day, but um, chronic illnesses don't tend to get headlines because they're slow. Um, and so it, collecting that sort of information takes quite a bit longer. So what's the current estimate of how many people are ending up with long COVID? It's as high as one in three, um, depending on how you define it, um, or sort of one in 10, it's still pretty high. Um, we know vaccination reduces your risk of getting long COVID, but there's also disagreement, well, not disagreement, but there's not a clear enough picture yet as to how much it reduces your chance of getting long COVID. Obviously, vaccination reduces your chance of getting COVID, full stop. So that helps. Um, and it reduces the severity of COVID. Now, mild COVID cases can still get long COVID, but they're less likely to. Um, and there's some theories that because vaccination speeds up your immune response, it's going to lessen your chances of long COVID as well. But there are also, like, there are fully vaccinated people who've had breakthrough infections and it's turned into long COVID, so it's not, it's not a complete fail-safe, unfortunately. Just how long is long COVID? Is there end in sight for people who've got this? Um, I'm not so clear on an end in sight. The way they actually define long COVID is that you have to have the uh, symptoms for more than three months after initially getting sick with COVID-19. Um, so we don't know whether or not Omicron causes long COVID yet, and we won't for probably another two months because um, Omicron sort of we first detected it late November. Um, you need three months from someone experiencing an infection to still be symptomatic to define it officially as long COVID. So when we start collecting data on all of that it's going to be March uh one of the researchers I talked to said it was probably going to take a couple months to um uh then collate all of that so probably April May is when we're going to start knowing about whether or not Omicron causes long COVID so three months from onset to persisting symptoms um the reason that is is because a lot of people who get hospitalized with severe COVID stay sick for a long time but make a full recovery um if you're in hospital for a week um they say the convalescence might last sort of twice as long as that out of hospital so that's three weeks that you're kind of still feeling sick and if you're in hospital for longer it's even longer than that and Jamie you have some disappointing news about Mars this week don't you I do it's more disappointing news on the little green men front. So the sad news is that it's now really unlikely that there's liquid water hiding somewhere on Mars, which means that our chances of finding life hiding out there have also taken a pretty big hit if we're going by the rules of life here on Earth. But the interesting bit of this story for me wasn't really the absence of the water. It was actually the exploration of the scientific process getting to this new conclusion because Big claims like finding water on Mars need really solid evidence, right? So back in 2018, when these researchers thought that they'd seen these really bright and shiny radar signals that they thought were consistent with reflection from water underneath a glacier at the, the South Pole, it was just such a huge claim that even members of that initial research team were sceptical of their own conclusions. So a bunch of researchers got together to come up with these alternative explanations and tried to find these lateral ways of testing them because it's really hard to test these theories of, you know, what could be causing reflections on Mars. You know, it's a whole other planet. How do you do science out there in space? So they came up with this idea to put a simulated sheet of ice across the entire planet to see if other landscape features would give the same kind of reflections 
if they were buried under ice. And as soon as they did that, they could see the same shiny radar signals absolutely everywhere over the entire planet. And it turns out they correlate most closely with old lava flows in volcanic plains. So they're not water, they're most likely just shiny rocks. Hmm. How do you simulate an ice sheet? I don't know. I don't know how they did. I'm imagining they didn't just, like, go out and cover Mars with ice, although that would have been fun. They came up with computer programs that would run the reflectivity of radar signals under, well, I guess, different landscape features. Right. I choose to believe. (laughs) (laughs) Both of you were disappointing me on the alien front this week. I come with a really cheerful story about long COVID and I hear that we don't have aliens yet either. Is there anything, does anyone have anything, anything to cheer me up? I do. I have a story about hippos that if it does not cheer you up, there's something wrong with you. Good. Let's let's get ready. Hippos are just belligerent and like to fling poo at people that they don't know, hippos that they don't know. So they're incredibly sociable creatures and they communicate via these calls that have been dubbed wheeze honks of all things. So that's fun in itself. And they get to know the wheeze honks of their friends who are hanging out in the river with them and they know their neighbouring groups and they're pretty cool with that. But it turns out if you play them recordings of hippos from distant lakes, hippos that they don't know, they freak out and get territorial and tornado poo as a, a territorial display. What's a tornado poo? A tornado poo is a, an incredible biological feature. It's <laughs> Hippos have a, a little whippy tail that they can spin around in circles. So when they poo, if they spin their tails fast enough, they can fling it everywhere. And they do this at people they don't like or hippos they don't like? Hippos they don't like, hippos they don't Amazing. know. What a welcome. Oh, to be a hippo. Seems like a great tool to have in your arsenal. Yeah. It does. No pun intended. (laughs) Oh, dear. Should have put that one in the headline somewhere. (laughs) So it's been a good week for science news. Or actually quite a sad week for science news, aside from tornado poo. Um, No aliens yet. No aliens yet, but I still believe... We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Remember that you can head to cosmosmagazine.com via the link in the description for more great content. You can also subscribe to Cosmos Magazine, Australia's only science print magazine, and Cosmos Weekly with its unique approach to how science, news and the economy intersect. Podcast listeners can get both products at a special price using the coupon code you will also find in the description. And of course, you can watch and listen to all our Cosmos briefings via the link in the description too. And remember, if you support science and its communication, please support our work at the Royal Institution of Australia. I'm Chuck Smeaton, and today's podcast featured Ellen Fidian, Amalia Hart and Jamie Priest. Thank you. Thank you.